Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Now, some people say, well, I don't need to go to church. I don't need a pastor to teach me. I've got my Bible. I can read it myself. I've got the Holy Spirit. I can get all I need from right there. You know, that's not true. You can't. If that were the case, then God wouldn't have given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He would have just said, hey, take a Bible and go read it, and, you know, we'll see you in heaven later. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 7 through 13, in a message titled, Building Up the Body of Christ. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Paul said to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. I think Timothy was probably more like a pastor teacher, but the Lord speaking to him through Paul, do the work of an evangelist. So the pastors and teachers, what is, what is the task of the pastor teacher? To oversee the local churches, to teach God's people God's word, to do it both congregationally and individually, and then to pray for God's people. So that's what we do as pastors and teachers. We teach God's people God's word to the congregation like I'm doing right now, but then also individually. We commonly refer to this as counseling, but counseling is really nothing more than ministering the word of God on a personal level or an individual level to uh, a person or a few people. So that's what the pastors and teachers do. The word pastor is uh, the word shepherd. So it's the idea of watching over God's people like a sheep, like a sheep, watch over the shepherd, like a shepherd watches over the sheep. (laughs) So, you know, you think of a shepherd and the sheep, the shepherd feeds the flock, the shepherd tends to the flock, and the shepherd leads the flock. So that's, that's really the role of the pastor teacher. So Paul is telling us that God has given to his church these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. So the saints can be equipped. And all five of these gifts are important and necessary for a fully functioning ministry the way God would intend it to be. And so, equipping the saints. Now, let me just make a comment here. If you have a King James Bible, if you read the King James Version of the Bible, you might notice in this passage here that there's a a comma that's placed that should not be there. And some have referred to it as the fatal comma because what it's done is it's literally hindered ministry for centuries even. And, and here's how that happened. If you, if you have a King James Version, it says, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And then this is what it says. For the equipping of the saints, comma, for the work of the ministry, comma, for the building up of the body of Christ. So because of that one comma in the middle, it was interpreted that these were the 
basically these three things were the job description of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So in other words, the, those, that group of people were responsible to, number one, equip the saints. Number two, do the work of the ministry. Number three, build up the body of Christ. You see, so what that did is it created sort of like a professional ministry who did the work of the ministry and it left the vast majority of Christians with nothing to do except to watch, spectate. But you see, the comment never should have been there because what it's actually saying and all of the revised trans translations understood this finally, what it's saying is that this group, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, their responsibility is to equip the saints so the saints can do the work of the ministry and the body of Christ can be built up. That's the order. So what it's proclaiming is uh, that everybody's part of the ministry, that we're all in this together, that what we are doing who have been given these gifts, we are equipping you to come along and join with us and we're all engaged in this building up of the body of Christ together. So as I've said many times before, there are no spectators in um, the biblical picture of the church. There's, there's no spectator section where, okay, you guys, your job is to watch what goes on. You're to watch these people uh, engage in the activity. No, that, you, you don't have that picture in the New Testament. In the New Testament, everybody's engaged. Everybody's on the field. Everybody's got a part to play. Everybody's got something to do. And so just a, a, a note to clarify there. But he's talking about equipping the saints. Now, this word equipping is an interesting word because it was used in the context of uh, preparing a ship for sailing. Now, you know, when you're sailing, and sailing in the sense of taking these, these long-distance journeys, in order to assure, or as much as you could anyway, success in your venture, you, you had to make sure that your ship was fully equipped. Because once you set sail, there's no turning back. So either you get everything that you need before you go, or you go and you find out you don't have it, and it could mean disaster. So it's, it's the same word that's used here when Paul says the equipping of the saints. So it's supplying us with the things that we need to do the work that God's called us to do. So how are the saints equipped? Well, again, three points here. First of all, we equip them in the word through verbal instruction. Now, this is a major a way of equipping. And that's why we spend the majority of our time together um, ministering God's word, because it's through the word, through the verbal instruction of the word that we are equipped. Paul said to Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for uh, correction, for reproof, for teaching, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we equip through verbal instruction of the word. We teach the Bible. 
and we help people to understand what God says. And as we know what God says, and then we help people to apply that to their lives. Secondly, we equip them by example in ministry. So it's not just verbal instruction, but it's instruction through example. We live out the life of of those in ministry. Paul, of course, would many times point to himself and say, you know, look at me and and look at those who are with me and, and look at the example that we set for you. And so we equip people by, by showing them, by example, what ministry is like. And then thirdly, we equip them by inviting them to come alongside and join in the work that we are engaged in. So this is another way of equipping. It's not just verbal instruction or me showing you how to do it, but it's me saying, hey, come on, get involved in this. Let's do this together. And if you think about it, this is exactly what Jesus did. This is exactly how he prepared his apostles and disciples to eventually go on in ministry when he would go back to heaven. What did he do? Many occasions we can read in the gospels that he pulled them aside, he sat down, and he instructed them. He was teaching them. He was teaching them the truths about the kingdom. But of course, he was also exemplifying what ministry was like. He was letting them see him in action. Many times they were there just watching what Jesus did. But then he, of course, included them. And they were with him and he would engage them. He would involve them in the ministry that he was doing. He would give them power over demons and the ability to heal and things like that. So so Jesus himself showed us this is how equipping takes place. And so this is the the task of those that God has given the, the position of spiritual leadership. It's to equip the body. It's to equip the saints, to equip them for works of service, for works of service. Now, what are works of service? Well, listen, the possibilities are limitless. Works of service, what are they? They're any one of a million things. See, God is doing things, and he's doing new things, and he's always wanting to do fresh things. And so really, for us, it's in works of service, it's really uh, giving on our part. We're giving ourselves over to all of the possibilities that are there, anything that God might lead us into. We're giving our time, our gifts, our talent, our strength, our resources, our energy, all of those things. We're just making them available to God for the furtherance of his kingdom. And it could be one of of any thing imaginable. God can just, you know, put on your heart. This this is something I want to do. As you're seeking him, he might uh, just, you, you get a thought in your head and it doesn't go away. You know, there are many ministries in churches. There's the, the obvious ministries. We have children's ministry and we have the ministries where we help facilitate people and all of those kinds of things. And they're, they're, they're pretty steady. They're pretty consistent. But, you know, at some point, actually, somebody probably said, you know, I got an idea. We should, maybe we should help people with this. 
And that became a ministry in the church. You know, Sunday school wasn't always with us. Children's ministry, we call it Sunday school. Uh, it wasn't always a part of the church's uh, curriculum or the way the church approached things. As a matter of fact, the person that came up with the idea for Sunday school was originally thought to be a heretic. <laughs> like, what? You're going to separate the family? You're going to take our kids away and you're going to teach them by themselves? That's, that was terrible. But a few other people evidently thought it was a good idea and it caught on. And now Sunday school is so common, you would almost think that it started with the apostles themselves because it's just been part of our church culture for so long. But no, what happened is somebody was seeking the Lord and this thought came to their head and they couldn't shake it and they stepped out in, in Sunday school. And then it spread all the way across so many of the different denominations. So you see, those are the kinds of things. God just put something on your heart. So the works of service are, are uh, like I said, unlimited. You never know what God wants to do. So it's just making ourselves available, doing the obvious things that are already there, that are already necessary to do. Um, and you know, maybe that's where you start. Maybe you say, you know, I want to get involved, so I'm going to go down, and we've got 15 different opportunities here. I'm going to just pick one, and I'm going to plug into it. But then the Lord can just open all kinds of new opportunities there. So equipping for the works of service to the end, what's the objective in all of this? The building up of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is strengthened. The body of Christ is edified. The body of Christ progresses as we, as Christians, take the gifts that God has given us and we use them. To edify, one description is the act of one who promotes another's growth in Christian wisdom, piety, happiness, and holiness. I like that. That's what it means to edify. That's what we're called to do. Edify the body of Christ. Help people along in their faith. If we are older in the Lord and we know more than other people do, come alongside of them in humility, of course, and help, help them grow. Instruct them. Pray for them. Teach them. Show them the things that you know. Things like that. So this is, this is how the Lord brings about maturity. And maturity lends itself to unity and maturity and unity together lend itself to the church progressing and advancing, being built up. So with all that in mind, I want to close with three things. And this has been the sermon of threes, hasn't it? Three general points, three sub points, and now three closing points. Here they are. Number one, this is the application of what we've been talking about. Number one, we need to be equipped by those God has appointed. So we have this amazing resource, God's appointed servants. We need to put ourselves under the, um, the ministry of those that God has appointed as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We need to put ourselves in a place where we are learning from them. Now, some people say, well, I don't need 
to go to church. I don't need a pastor to teach me. I've got my Bible. I can read it myself. I've got the Holy Spirit. I can get all I need from, from right there. You know, that's not true. You can't. If that were the case, then God wouldn't have given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He would have just said, hey, take a Bible and go read it, and you know, we'll see you in heaven later. But he didn't do that, did he? No. He gave apostles and prophets, evangelists, and pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. You cannot be equipped unless you subject yourself to those gifted people that God has placed somewhere in your life. So I'm kind of preaching to the choir because you guys are obviously here doing that. But, you know, there are some people that maybe you know somebody who you told them you were going to church today and they said, I'm not going to church. I don't need church. What do I need church for? I just stay home, read my Bible. That's just as good. No, it's not. You need to subject yourself under the, uh, the gifting of those that God has enabled to do these things. Secondly, we need to be vitally connected to a community of believers. This is another thing we commonly hear today. Well, I don't need to go to church. I, I don't need to, what do I need to be there for? Well, you need to be vitally connected to other believers is what you need. And you see, because all of this stuff, it, it happens in the context of relationships. I mean, when you look at the Bible and you look at the Christian faith and the Christian walk and all that, it's all related to relating to each other. It's all connected with people. Sometimes pastors jokingly say things like, you know, the ministry would be great if it weren't for the people. Well, you know, quite frankly, if there were no people, there'd be no ministry because ministry happens with people. And so we have to put ourselves in that place. We need to be vitally connected to a community of believers. And notice I intentionally use the word vitally connected here, vitally. Vitally means that I'm, you know, it's something that it's vital. I need it. I've got to be there. I can't take this or leave it. I've got to take it totally. My, my connection with the body of Christ should not be casual, take it or leave it kind of a connection. No, it should be seen as vital. I've got to be with God's people. I've got to be connected with that community. Now, again, today, this is, I think, even more applicable because it's possible. So let's say you say, well, look, I, I get some of the greatest teaching in the world. I'm, I'm cool with that. You're right. Uh, I, I need to be taught but I just get my teaching through podcast. I just get my teaching by going on the internet. I just get my teaching by turning on my favorite Bible teacher on the radio or whatever the case might be. Um, No, that's good that you do that. That's fantastic. Keep doing it, but not to the exclusion of the vital connection with a community of believers. You, You gotta have both. It's not either or, it's both. We come together in both things. And then thirdly and finally, we need to be engaged in works of service that build up Christ's body. So that's pretty much what the application of the text is. We need to be engaged. Some people think mistakenly that their duty and their their or, you know obligation and they... You know, the fulfillment of that obligation is showing up at church once a week, or in some cases, maybe twice a week. Well, I did my Christian service. I went to church. 
you come to church, that's not doing your Christian service. That's equipping you to do your Christian service. So we need to be engaged in works of service. Listen, if you're not doing something for the Lord that you can specifically say, yeah, this is what I'm engaged in. These are the works of service that I am involved in currently. You need to get involved in something because this is part of the Christian life. It's being engaged. In the early days of the church, of course, it was nothing like it is today in the sense that people, people didn't just show up and then, you know, they're there for the sermon and then they left. Oftentimes the churches were smaller. They met in houses and things like that. You couldn't just show up and listen to the sermon and leave. That, it didn't work that way. You had to get engaged. You had to be involved. And so in principle, that's still true today, even though we have maybe a different structure or the way we go about it. And certainly you can just come and listen and get up and go and never uh, engage with anyone. We need to be engaged in works of service. Get involved in doing something. You know, the very first thing I did at this church, you know what it was? It was setting up chairs and taking them down in the fellowship hall before and after a Bible study. It's the very first thing I did. I came, I was excited about the Lord. I wanted to serve him in some way. I didn't even know, you know what the possibilities were. As, just as a Christian, as a person who got saved, I was doing my best to tell my friends about Jesus and what he'd done for me. But as I was coming over here to the church, I just felt like, you know, I wonder if I can do something. And one night somebody said, hey, we need some help uh, here on a regular basis, just setting up and tearing down for the service. And somebody said, would you like to be part of that? And I said, sure. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll come early, set up chairs. I'll stay a little later, tear them down at the end. And I did that. I did that for a while. And then as I was doing that, a little bit later, someone came along in the leadership and said, you know, you, you've been here. I, I see you. You're regular. You're faithful. You're consistent. Would you want to maybe, you know, after the service, would you want to maybe pray with a few people if there were people that need prayer? So yeah, well, I think I could do that. That'd be great. So setting up chairs and praying with people, that was a good place to start. And then finally, you know, some other thing came along and some other thing came along. So, you know, anybody can set up chairs, right? Anybody can tear them down. Anybody can do those kinds of things. You might think, well, what's the big deal with that? Well, it might not be a big deal in one sense, but it's needed. It's, it's it's, It's a service that needs to be done. Somebody needs to do it. So what I'm saying is just get involved on any level. Don't don't make the mistake of thinking, well, you know, what what can I do at the church? I can't preach or I hear those people singing up there. I can't sing. I can't play guitar. I I don't have a, a, a lot of gifts or talents or sometimes that's what we think. Well, they won't be able to use me because I don't have much to offer. You know what? You just offer whatever you can do, and that'll be sufficient to get started. And then God, he, once, once we just take those steps, he, he opens doors. He leads us in directions. And then we might someday find ourselves doing things that we never even dreamed we would do. That's the way God does it. So, again, in closing... God has given gifted men to equip the saints for works of service so the body of Christ can be built up. Wherever you're at in 
that picture. Plug in and do the things that God has for you to do. For the month of November, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. Isolation, distance, and conflict during these trying times have caused countless people to feel lonely and depressed. But for the Christian, the friendship of Jesus reaches even our deepest loneliness, and we can allow darkness and despair to drive us directly to Him. And when we come to Him, Jesus is able to match our every need with His mercies because He moves towards us with compassion. If you or someone you know needs to know the heart of God, you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.